What's up, guys? Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns, and this is your Monday Quick Hitter Edition. So, if you missed the weekend podcast, I can tell you these are far more interesting than what I'm going to put out for you here on a Monday, which was obviously very slow over the weekend with Cleveland Browns news, but uh, we did Saturday an episode with Coach Lance Reisland, so he's obviously a Northeast Ohio staple. He's doing some work for Cleveland.com. We went through some of the schematic changes we think the Browns will make, so I think that that one's well worth your time. Just coming from a couple guys who like to talk about scheme, like to talk about all of the stuff kind of built around what the Browns have done, what they're going to do, all of that stuff. So I think that conversation with Lance was was pretty fun, and that was a good one. And then yesterday, had an interview with former Ohio State and Cleveland Brown, among some, some other teams in the NFL, Tyvis Powell, where we kind of went through a little bit of his backstory, his playing days, his connection to Cleveland, Denzel Ward, and his his new adventure in Cleveland media, because I think he's He's a rising star in that market the same way he was as a football player. It's about a 25-minute interview that I thought was really good and worth your time. So those are your two weekend podcasts, along with the Friday episode with John Colosimo, which I also think was a pretty fun episode. Over the weekend here, um, like I said, not much Browns news. We did figure out that Dearness Johnson is back. Okay, It's a one-year contract with incentives that can take it to $2.43 million, 900000 guaranteed. The obvious thing here that the Browns are trying to do and why Dearness took this uh, took this offer is that he gets the $900,000 guarantee, essentially locking him into the roster unless something happens in the trade market. And what I tried to put out there is that there's a lot of discussion and, and really useless discussion right now about the running back room and where some of these guys are going to be going. We obviously know Nick is locked in for a minimum of this year and next year. There are some decisions coming with his contract and cap number. We'll see what that shakes out to come like 2024. Not going to worry about Nick for a while here. Kareem Hunt. Obviously, Kareem, in a pretty team-friendly Cleveland deal, uh, is 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 a guy that could be moved. So if a team, and this was my point with Dearness Johnson, so his deal also, also very team-friendly in terms of being able to move him. And what I think the Browns have done here with drafting Jerome Ford and then having Demetric Felton, who I think people are trying to take one quote from after the draft about that situation and make it like they're pigeonholing him as a running back. Uh, Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski had an interview after that scout interview where they talked about how they viewed Demetric as a football player and they're going to continue to move him around. He's a fluid part of their system. I think he will continue to see wide receiver reps and running back reps as a means to continue to get opportunities wherever he can get opportunities. But my point with Dearness Johnson is that what they're doing now is ensuring a couple things. You know, Dearness can play. We we saw that he can play last year. I don't think that that's a mystery. He put together some performances that uh, you know tell you he can be an NFL back here. We know Kareem, and we know what Kareem can do. But the Browns have created some flexibility here that if something happens in camp, happens in uh, preseason or early in the season, the Browns have some flexibility here and a means to be able to reel back in some, some draft capital for 2023 with this situation. So what you do, and kind of a similar thing with Baker Mayfield, what you're doing is keeping yourself as a place that people can go to if things go sideways at their positions Dearness Johnson can be moved if a team calls and they're interested in Hunt, but the asking price is too high. Maybe they could still take on Johnson, get a back that they know can run an NFL offense, 
and go from there. The Browns could ultimately keep all of these guys. They could keep all five, all four main running backs between Chubb, between Hunt, Johnson, and Ford, and Felton's kind of an in-and-out wild card, while you have Harrison Bryant, who we all know has been able to play a little bit of fullback to go along with his traditional tight end stuff. He's a bit of a hybrid there. So I, I do think this this deal with Johnson does not lock in a situation that says, hey, they're going to keep these five guys. They could ultimately keep Johnny Stanton, the fullback, too. It's a little more common to see four running backs and a fullback, not normally five, but it, but between the combination of the two, you will see that number be five. Now, a thing you have to keep in mind, we know that the Browns kept four running, uh, sorry, four tight ends last year. We don't really think they're going to keep four tight ends. They could. It's just a matter of we only know of two guys that are locked into the roster, and then there's just a bunch of, a bunch of sort of fringe tight ends here. So keeping two of those guys, it's a little hard to see, but you could definitely see them keeping a fourth back and maybe Stanton, and then maybe having an opportunity to move one of these guys. So what they've done is equipped themselves with, if you remember last year with uh, Travis Etienne was, was hurt uh, in Jaguars camp, like there's opportunity here that if a team loses a player in a camp, the Browns can shift one of those guys, and it's one of the few means by which they can recoup some sort of pick. So that is huge. So again, it's an it's it's these guys could help you right now. They they could still be contributors with injuries and everything on this year's team, but they're also tradable assets should the opportunity arise to get some money back, right? So again, it's two point four. It's nine hundred thousand guaranteed. You might ask, well, why would he do that? Again, the $900,000 locks him into guaranteed money right off the bat, and that's good for him. It's a great, it's a great sum of money for, for a football player who, you know, year to year, it has not always been consistent for Dearness. We know how hard his path was into the NFL, so it's pretty cool that he gets that guaranteed money, continues to get a chance. Whether that chance ends up ultimately being in Cleveland or not, I do not know, but it is noteworthy that he did get this opportunity and they brought him back. So other things here that we should – kind of wrap up with from the Browns. I mean, I think that what's interesting to me, at least as we kind of push into this week and into the summer months, another sort of ticky-tack thing here, but they are going to actually vote uh, the resolution coming to remove the first Energy Stadium name. We all probably have not paid a ton of attention, but the first Energy Company has been involved in a pretty gnarly uh, pretty gnarly deception situation. Uh, but with bills and and I'm not going to go into the details of it, but they were being dishonest to customers. I think they're facing some serious backlash, and we're obviously mixed into it with politicians. But this is a situation where the city of Cleveland would like First Energy to be dropped. It'll be voted on. We'll see what ultimately comes of it. But that is something to pay attention to on Monday. And then obviously we have to continue to pay attention to Deshaun Watson's situation because we did hear Rusty Harden this weekend after his foot and mouth comments. He had on Friday, he did talk about how they have wrapped up the um, have wrapped up the investigation. They did four days with Deshaun, so the NFL side of things is done. We don't know if the the, the recent two new um, civil suits that have come and been tacked onto the whole situation will impact the spread out nature of the decision. We don't know, but it is continually like until we get a resolution here, it is definitely going to be something that's talked about. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Just a reminder as we kind of close on a Monday, the people are going to bag on the Browns. It's not going to stop. You can log into Twitter every day and fight that war if you want to. That's your call. That, that, that war can be yours, but it's going to be extremely nauseating. It's going to be boring, and we are in the now two months of downtime where it's just going to be creating conversation points. And like I saw recently, uh, Nick Chubb was behind Najee Harris in the AFC running back rankings, and I'm like, okay, from a fantasy perspective, I can get that, but not as a true running back. I think that this is the time of year, man, where there's just going to be silly tweets, silly articles written, projecting things in a, in the wrong direction, misunderstanding how the Browns operate. It's just it's just how it is. June and July suck for football content. They suck for decent discussion. And again, I think we're going to we're going to be in the middle of that. So. Don't uh don't feel like you have to stand up for the Browns every single time someone says something stupid, but also understand that the the only thing the Cleveland Browns are going to do this year that is going to matter to shutting anybody up is go out and win football games. And you you can't change that through discourse on Twitter. So, again, kudos to you if you want to log in and fight that battle every day, but to me, just my word of the wise on this little Monday episode, just ignore it. It's going to work itself out on the field one way or the other. We have Deshaun Watson's football player analysis coming up this week. We'll get into who he is as a quarterback. We'll get into a four-part series I'm pretty excited about. And then we will also get into, a uh, in the month of July, a little series on how the offense is going to evolve with Deshaun and with the added features he brings as a quarterback. And we'll probably be forced to look into a little bit deeper detail on Jacoby Brissett. So we will get to that as well. Uh, thanks guys for checking out today's Monday quick hitter reminder. The better episodes were Saturday, Sunday. Make sure you go back and check those out. Appreciate your support. As I always say, whether that's here, the Twitch or the website, thank you guys so much. Hopefully you're having a great kickoff to your summer. I know we are over here. I appreciate you guys checking out today's episode. Thanks again. And go Browns. Go Browns.